0: And in Revelation chapter 22, we'll pick up from where we left off last time. Jesus said, behold, verse 12, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city." But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices the lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify of these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say come. And let him who hears say come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So let's stop here and start taking notes you ready uh, number one we notice the declaration that jesus is coming again behold i am coming quickly and my reward is with me listen when jesus comes back it will be serious there's a reward for those who knew jesus who know jesus verse 14 there's also a blessing for those who know jesus but also in verse 15 those who don't know Christ are forever cast out from the presence of the Lord. When Jesus comes back, it will be serious. When Jesus comes back, it will be sudden. Brought up again and again in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I am coming quickly. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, shortly these things will be coming to pass. That term quickly or shortly, it means once the prophetic events begin, boom, baby, they're going to happen super fast. They're going to happen suddenly. They're going to happen quickly. In Hebrew, meher uh, very fast. It's going to come down. And you better be ready. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in First Thessalonians chapter 5, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Note that sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Also, this term, quickly, where Jesus says, behold, I am coming quickly, uh, along with the promise from Jesus Himself, I am coming quickly, means this. Uh, his return is imminent. It means it will happened jesus is not lying and we hear all the time I, I in fact we're going to see this in a few more minutes we hear all the time that people say take this book allegorically you can't believe it uh, jesus didn't really want you to believe it he just wanted you uh to really look forward to dying and going to heaven he didn't he wouldn't he didn't want you to look forward to the fact That he's going to restart the whole thing that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth there really is a tribulation that is coming and the purpose of the tribulation which we'll get into in a few more minutes is to shake up a world that is against god and to wake up a people the jewish people and the nation of israel because god had a covenant with abraham isaac and jacob and jesus is coming again he promised his return is imminent and it will happen this is exactly what Jesus said in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 13, excuse me. He said, take heed, watch, and pray. For you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. People tell me all the time, and probably you too, since you like Bible prophecy. Why do you pay attention to this stuff? Jesus said to Take heed. Watch. Watch. Watch and pray. Look out. Goes on and says, watch therefore. Four times Jesus says to watch in these few verses. For you do not know when the master of the house is coming in in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch and we have over 800 signs in the bible old testament and new testament that god gives us to watch why would god give us 800 signs over 800 signs if he didn't want us to watch why would jesus say watch four times in these few verses if he didn't want us to watch but all the time i hear people especially people who go to a christian church say don't waste your time watching this is absolutely foolish but jesus also said there's a blessing if you do and you keep and you guard as treasure the words of this book i might get a little excited tonight just to warn you so number one we have the declaration that jesus is coming again number two we have the divine character of jesus verse 13 again jesus himself says i am the alpha and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last verse 16 I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. We look at all the prophecies in uh, the Bible, uh, speaking specifically regarding the last days and the second coming of Christ. Uh, From the beginning of all things to the end of the age of grace, God declares that he knows the end from The beginning, all the way back. You said, this is what you can look at. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. So you look at all the prophecies, they all confirm who God is, that He is sovereign. Only the sovereign God could tell us the end from the beginning beginning the one that is um, omniscient all knowing but all bible prophecy is really about the declaration of who who jesus is in fact the book of revelation revelation chapter one is the revelation the revealing of jesus even bible prophecy declares the glory of god and the divinity of jesus and that jesus is the god of son he is the messiah revelation chapter 19 verse 10 even tells us The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And here in verse 13, he says of himself, I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. Uh, I am the first. I am the last. This statement from Jesus is his personal statement of his deity. And there's all kinds of cults that deny Jesus ever made a claim like this one. I am the first. I am the last. I'm the Alpha Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. But they haven't read the Bible. Or they haven't read these parts of the Bible. Or it comes to these parts of the Bible and say, it doesn't mean that. Uh, We don't know where those words came from. You ask somebody that's part of a cult and you say, if they know the Old Testament, for example. You say, who is the Alpha Omega, the beginning and then the first and last? Oh, that's God you say, well, you know, Jesus said this about Himself right here in Revelation. Oh, you you can't believe that part. That's how it goes. Jesus says it of Himself. I am the Alpha and Omega. There is no greater name in all the heavens or the earth. He's the King of kings and He's the Lord of lords. And also He says of Himself, excuse me, man, I'm getting way too excited. And I'm losing my voice. In verse 16, I am the root and the offspring of David. What is this? This is a messianic title, a title that would be true only of the Messiah, written by Isaiah, Uh, Isaiah the prophet some 700 years before Jesus was even born. Uh, In fact, Isaiah wrote this, Isaiah 11, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch that will bear fruit. Who is Jesse? Jesse jesse you know the old testament you know who he is david's father here in revelation 22 by jesus saying of himself i am the root and the offspring of david jesus is saying i'm the messiah i am the creator of david i'm the root i am the descendant of david i am the offspring uh, the son of david how can he be these things how can he be both he says he is only if he's god the son in fact I am God the Son. He's the Creator. He's the root. I am the Son of God, he says. I am the Son of David. I am the Son of Man. This is a statement of divinity. And note the blessings of receiving Christ, but the the consequences of rejecting Him. Again, verse, verse 12, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according to His work. Verse 14, Blessed are those who do His commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Verse 15, here's the the problem. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. So what do we have here? Uh, We have the promise of eternal blessing in verse 12 and verse 14. Verse 14 is the promise of your entrance into heaven because you trust Christ. Verse 12 is the promise of uh, your reward when you get to heaven. By the way, many will tell me, uh, Pastor Tom, you should not teach rewards. Why not? Well, it's just wrong to teach rewards. Well, Jesus teaches rewards. God teaches rewards. I teach rewards to my kids. How dare you? Why would you teach rewards to your kids? I follow the example in the Bible to the Jews of old. God said this in the book of Deuteronomy through the, during the time of Moses. He said, listen, if you, if you obey me, I will bless you. If you disobey me, whack, you're going to get it, right? Let's do that with my kids. Listen, if you obey me, you get this. If you disobey me, I'm taking your phone away you know, or whatever it is. I do it with my dog. I mean, you obey, you get a treat. You disobey, hey, you're, <laughs> go lay down, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> but God teaches rewards. In 2 John verse 8, the apostle John uh, warned about making sure that the believer doesn't lose their reward. He said this, watch yourselves that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may receive a full reward. And in Matthew chapter uh, 25, we have the principle taught by Jesus that our faithfulness in this life determines our rewards in heaven. Listen, when I get to heaven, I want to have a nice heavenly experience. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I look and go, you know, hey, you know, we're living in heaven. In heaven, I'm looking forward to having you know, a little bit of reward for that even. But um, just, <laughs> just... I probably shouldn't have said that. But um, in all seriousness, um, I, I, I prefer to store my treasure in heaven as, as much as possible. And there's all various ways that you can store your treasure in heaven. I believe I'm going to live forever in the presence of the Lord. He tells me there's a reward. So there's a reward for me if I faithfully teach his word. And I'm in trouble if I don't faithfully teach his word. It goes to how I use my money, how I don't use my money, how I use my time, how I don't use my time. All these different things. Uh, but we're, we're evaluated on the things I say, the things I don't say. If I gossip, if I don't gossip. If I encourage, if I discourage. You know, all these different things our rewards are, are based on. The Apostle Paul wrote about it to the Corinthians also. That you don't want to have, it, you can still be saved, but everything is all burnt up because you have bad motives instead of motives for the glory of Christ? They were selfish motives. That's why you did everything. So, so according to Jesus, this principle is taught again: our faithfulness in this life determines our rewards in heaven. And, and quite frankly, I, I want to have uh, some nice rewards when I get there. You know, I'm not looking for awards; just you know, I'm, I'm looking for a heavenly retirement account. You know what I mean? You know. I, I, You know, sooner or later, Chase Bank and Merrill Lynch and all those things are going away. So we have the promise of eternal blessing. We also have the pronouncement of eternal suffering. Look at this again, verse 15. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters. And whoever loves and practices a lie. Wow. So is this speaking of real dogs? Your little fluffy... A German Shepherd, you're a po- your little puppy. Oh, I don't think so, because Disney had a movie called All Dogs Go to Heaven. So I'm sure that's true, right? Listen, I better have a disclaimer here, because somebody's going to say I'm a heretic. It's just a joke, just a joke. But what are the dogs that are spoken of here? The dogs spoken of here are the morally impure, the immoral. And where it says they're outside does not mean that the unsaved are just outside the city of heaven or in the New Jerusalem and knocking on the walls, howling out there, barking to get in like my dog does. It's not that. It simply means they're not in heaven. They're in a very unpleasant place, which we talked about before, where the Bible talks about um, hell. This is indeed what the Bible teaches about anyone who does not repent and come to Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus said, the sons of this world will be cast out into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know, but that sounds really awful. And according to the Bible, it's a forever thing. But because of this, verse 17, there's an invitation. Look at the invitation. And the spirit of, and the bride, they say, come. Let him who hears... Say, come, let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. This is for anybody. Whoever desires, notice the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit calling people, and the bride, through the bride. If you're a believer in Christ, this is a reminder to be evangelistically minded, sharing Christ with other people, saying, come, you thirsty. You want that peace that only Christ can give. You want the forgiveness of your sins. The invitation is for anyone that will come. Are you thirsty for salvation? I remember over 30 years ago now when, when just being so miserable. I was empty on the inside and, and thirsty spiritually. I didn't understand the principle yet. But on the inside I was empty and miserable. And I finally responded to the offer of forgiveness and hope and peace in Christ. And I took him up on his offer, and God forgave me. And immediately, uh, in fact, um, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that God has placed eternity in our hearts. There seems to be somewhere in, in the heart of every person there's an emptiness that only the eternal God can fill. And as the moment I received Christ, that spot was filled. The, that spiritual thirst was gone. I didn't know what it was before, but the moment I came to know the Lord. Man, I knew it was gone, and I knew that it was a whole new world. In fact, I'll tell you, I was living in Newport Beach at the time, and uh, I was a mess. Uh, I was was, was up for three days. I was an absolute mess. I won't go into the details. Um, And and I just cried out to God that I might know him. God, I I can't quit the drugs. I can't quit this. I can't quit that. But I just want to know you. If you're real, uh, show yourself to me. I fell asleep that night, which was a miracle, but God came into my life i woke up the next day i looked outside and i knew i was i I knew in my mind i was born again i didn't know what the term meant but i knew i feel like i've just been born and i remember i looked outside; nothing was ever the same again listen i'm not perfect but i'm moving forward and god has saved me and god has forgiven me and he will forgive anybody who comes to him but you might say i don't understand all theology in the bible listen Come anyway, because it does not say, whosoever understands, let him come. You might say, I'm not so sure, and I feel like uh, I'm quite right. Well, come anyways, because it doesn't say, whosoever feels it, let him come. But you might say, well, I don't know if I can live quite right. That's what I said when I got saved. I don't know if I can, I I certainly didn't understand it. Uh, I wasn't feeling it. Um, And I certainly didn't think I could live it, That, that was for sure. But come anyway, because it doesn't say whosoever can, let him come. Uh, But I don't know if I'm worthy. Well, you're not worthy. (laughs) So come anyway. This says, whoever is worthy, look at this, it does not say whoever is worthy, let him come. None of you are worthy, nobody is worthy, only one who is worthy, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, little sinners, big sinners, good sinners, bad sinners, Fair sinners, supersized sinners, old sinners, young sinners, whosoever, let them come. It's so number one. It's the declaration that Jesus is coming again. Number two is the divine character of Jesus. Number three, that's the final one. It's a destructive warning if you add or take away the words of this book. Look at verse 18 again. For our, our, actually, we haven't looked at 18 yet, have we? Verse 18, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Look at this. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. Ouch. Verse 19, if anyone takes away from the words of this book, uh, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Ouch. You add to it, you're in trouble. You take away the words, you're in, you're in trouble. Uh, when we read this, it's easy to automatically limit our minds uh, of the adding to the Word and taking away uh, from the Word to the cults that have written their own books. Um, uh, they'll say, well, the Bible is good, but you need this additional book along with the Bible if you really want to know the truth that would be adding to it um, adding to the bible uh, saying there's another revelation from god that was given in the desert or in the mountains or in the cave or by an angel or in a dream or in a vision or from their guru or from the 19th century or from the 20th century you see this all the time on tv now there's all some new religious person paraded across some primetime tv show and Uh, Well, the Bible, yeah, but let me show you what you really need to know. The Bible is for simple, archaic people, and and this is what you you really need to know. Uh, It's easy to limit adding or taking from um, the book uh, to the traditional cults and uh, people in uh, the media today, Um, but uh, when you start looking at the implications to the church, it becomes devastating. And uh, you can you can liken it to the whole word of God, by the way, uh, but this is specifically to the words of this prophecy. Uh, but but think of of the context in the whole Bible. There are people that say, um, "Listen, um, I know what's really meant by these words of Jesus," and they are arrogant and uh, self-confident they believe they are intellectually equipped above what the word actually says and they will simply say jesus um uh, or some will say this is a church movement in churches Uh, you can only believe the words in the bible that are written in red in other words uh, like my bible has the words of jesus in red the rest of the bible you discard ever hear that one Uh, That's just one of the movements. Uh, There's a real big movement in churches now in America that say, um, well-known churches, that say uh, the the Old Testament, don't teach it. Um, Get get rid of the Old Testament. Uh, It's irrelevant. Um, That has to do with the nation of Israel, which we'll get into in in just a second. Uh, This is a warning to those who say, well, Noah's Ark is just a fable. Uh, The book of Genesis, uh, the creation story, is a myth. That's all it is, is a myth. Um, When you start going down that path, then you say, well, the salvation from Jesus, that's just a myth, or that's just one of the many ways. So once you start going down that path, where do you end? It becomes your opinion versus what the Bible actually says. By doing this, people arrogantly take away from the Bible and claim to know that this is an archaic book for an archaic people, and we need to just put it away altogether. Uh, if you hear all the time in our culture, well, that was 2,000 years ago, we've updated now, so what the Bible calls sins back then are not sins now. Uh, you know, God's updated, you know, God didn't know, or God just wrote that for those people, not for us. And so we hear these types of things, that's taking away. Uh, if you add to it, it's a, then, it's, then it's adding <clears throat> to it. What's interesting about this prophecy, or this, 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 uh, these words here, this is specific to the prophecies of the book of Revelation, which I find fascinating. If you add to, these pro- to the prophecy of this book, or if you take away from the prophecy of this book, uh, these are the plagues that are going to be added to you, and you won't find your name written in the Lamb's book of life. So how do you add to the prophecies? In, in, in the prophetic world, you know what it is? It's these Looney Tune preachers that come on through prophecy YouTube programs and say, Jesus is coming tomorrow, and let me show you all of the reasons why. Listen, there's charlatans that are out there. They're liars. And what's interesting about these preachers is they'll say, Jesus is coming, now send me your money. Well, if he's coming tomorrow, why do you need my money? Yeah, have you ever, you ever think through that stuff? You know, so there's a lot of really bad stuff out there that, that itches your ears. And they think, oh, this is exciting. Oh, i got to hear it. And, and uh, sensationalized. And, and people buy that stuff. And, and uh, they got updated a few years later because Jesus didn't come, but there's still enough gullible people out there that go to churches to buy that stuff. They add to it. Don't believe that stuff. Um, stick to what the Bible actually tells it. But you can also take away from the prophetic words of the book of revelation and the prophecies regarding the second coming of christ how do you take away i'll show you these these are the last things and i'll wrap it up with these things how do you take away from the book of revelation one way is by saying it's all symbolic you can't really believe these things about the antichrist the final revived roman empire you don't actually believe that earthquakes and asteroids and Oceans of blood and great hail and great fire and almost the whole earth is going to be destroyed. You don't really believe that, do you? Oh, come on. you guys believe that stuff? That's just symbolic. God just wants to scare you, that's all. That's why he tells you these things. He's saying it's all symbolic. I was on a radio program the other day and this subject came up. And, and, I, and I said, there's somebody I read in the New York Times, as an op-ed, very well-known seminary professor in the Christian world. And he said, when it comes to passages, uh, he was specific regarding a couple of things Paul had written to the Thessalonians. And, uh, and I believe uh, one of them was rebuilding of the temple, Antichrist being worshipped as a god, that passage, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. He said, when you see these things in the Bible, uh, these are just poetic the Apostle Paul didn't really mean it. And the re, the way you can tell what Apostle Paul, Paul meant and what he meant as poetic is if it has to do with this end time stuff, you know, it's just poetic. I was thinking, this is nuts. And this guy's brilliant. Yeah, but that's taking away from the prophetic word. Um, you can't believe the book of Revelation. It's that type of thing. The Book of How many of you have heard the book of Revelation is just symbolic? That's the only way to take it. It's pretty much what, It used to be just the Catholic Church. Now it's sweeping all through the Protestant churches by saying it is not to be studied. You don't really believe in a seven-year tribulation period. A rapture? How stupid are you? Don't believe those things. I was watching um, a guy extremely well-known just the other day on YouTube, and he simply said this when it comes to the passage regarding the rapture. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, um, where the Bible says the uh, dead in Christ will rise first, and those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in there. That term caught up is the Greek word harpazo, gives us through the Latin or English word rapture, we'll be caught up. That's what the Bible says. He says, no, uh, there's people like you and me that are bad people that impose this rapture on that passage. That's what it says. And this guy is extremely well-known out there in the Christian world. And he says, don't study these things and these, 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 these second coming of Jesus people, they're all nuts. Don't study the prophetic word. You take away. How else do you take away? So you take away uh, the, the, um, from the book of Revelation by saying it's symbolic, by saying don't study it, take it away. Right. Uh, third way, this will be the last way, by saying the church has replaced Israel and this book is irrelevant. Listen, the book of Revelation is ultimately the revelation about Jesus Yeshua. And I got news for every—you guys know this. A lot of people don't. Jesus was Jewish. He was a Jewish Messiah, Yeshua Hamashiach. And and uh, I don't know. Um, the book of Revelation discloses what happens in the 70th week of Daniel from Daniel chapter 9. you know what the 70th week of Daniel is? It's, it's, it's the tribulation period, and it's regarding the nation of Israel. I got news for you. If you aren't Jewish, then, um, th- then uh, it's not the 70th week of the church. It's not the 70th week of the Gentiles. Do you know virtually every author of the, all of the books in the Bible are Jewish, except for one? Did you know that? Except for Luke? You look, you go, it's a Jewish book. The Old Testament is Jewish. The New Testament is Jewish. Did you know that? That's a really hard concept for many people in churches in America now to understand that the New Testament is also a Jewish book. Uh, but in Daniel chapter 9, listen to this. The 70th week of Daniel, it's about the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And then the rest of the world suffering judgment. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. The angel is letting Daniel know. Who's your people? The Jewish people. What's the holy city? The city of Jerusalem. What for? To finish their transgression, make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal a vision of prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. This is about. It's a Jewish book. Listen. The seven-year tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble, the seventieth week of Daniel is about. Uh, it's about um, shaking up the world. The world is going to go through this massive judgment because they have rejected God, and it's also about waking up a people, waking up uh, the Jewish people. Uh, let me read this to you. There it is. Got to, got to remember what book it's in. It's in the New Testament. Romans chapter 11 this is what the Bible says oh it says a lot of things but let me just read this one part to you the Apostle Paul says Romans chapter 11 verse 25 for I do not desire brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery it's a mystery all right this is a mystery I don't want you to be ignorant in fact I want you to put on your thinking cap don't be a dummy in this don't be willfully ignorant in this I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery. What is the mystery? It is this. Lest you should be wise in your own opinion, which has happened. It's called replacement theology. Wise in your own opinion. I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery or you'll be wise in your own opinion. Here's the mystery. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So all Israel will be Say, there's a time coming. Right now, there's a blindness in part. Some Jews come to know Yeshua Jesus as the Messiah. Some don't. During the tribulation period, we know there's a great awakening that happens to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people during that time. God takes off the blinders, as he did with the Apostle Paul uh, in the New Testament. He's going to take off the blinders of, of so many of the Jewish people. Listen, in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus said this when he's talking to the religious Pharisees. It's just before he's crucified, just a few days before. He says to them, he says, you've rejected me and this is what's going to happen. Your house to you, your house will be made desolate. That happened. The Jews were scattered 70 AD. The temple was destroyed. The house was made desolate. And then he said this, you will see me no more. In other words, you'll be blinded. You'll not be able to spiritually see me. You will see me no more until you say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When he rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, they did not say Hosanna. He said, you will see me. On that day, at the end, Zechariah writes about it. When Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, they will look upon him whom they have pierced. Uh, their blinders will be taken off. That's what Romans 11 is saying. Don't be ignorant of this mystery. The book of Revelation tells us what happens during the 70th week of Daniel. The 70th week of Daniel, that is the time... You realize none of this is in my notes, don't you? 70th week of Daniel is that time that the 144,000 Jewish men are saved... 12,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel and they are preaching the gospel throughout the whole world. And there is a massive spiritual awakening that takes place. Uh, Praise the Lord. Back in the book of Revelation, let's finish this up. What does this say? Uh, It says, He who testifies, verse 20, to these things says, Surely, Jesus says, I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus, says John. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Again, Jesus says, I am coming quickly. Remember what that means? Meher me'od. Very fast. When it happens, boom, boom, boom. Remember this verse? For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. During this time, Jesus said this, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. I look at what's happening. Folks, we need to be ready. But the book of Revelation, don't add, don't take away. You guard it as treasure and you realize, listen, if you can't trust the prophetic word of God, then you can't trust any of the Bible jesus tells us he's coming again he tells us what's going to happen with the nation of israel and what's going to happen with us amen Amen. man lord we thank you for your word we pray that you would bless and minister as we press forward help us to guard as treasure the words of this book not to add or take away not to get weird and add stuff to it that it doesn't say but not to take away things and try to make say it's symbolic it shouldn't be studied or anything like that Uh, lord help us to press forward with you give us strength and and courage and, and may you be glorified in jesus name amen